Welcome to the Michigan Bowhunters Podcast, the voice of Michigan's hunting archer. Now here's your host, Bill Hoffman. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Association Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Hoffman, and I know you guys are like, what in the heck is going on when you saw the title? When you saw the title that said, Did Biden Defund Archery? (laughs) Well, that's what I want to talk about. And that's exactly what we're going to break down in this episode. The other cool thing that's going to happen later on in this episode is we have a new feature here on the podcast. If you you happen to be listening to the podcast uh, with Spotify as, as your app, you can, inside the app, leave us voice messages. Uh, It can be, you know, how awesome awesome the show is and how you love it and how it's the greatest episode ever. No, I'm kidding, of course. Or it could be that you just want to leave me uh, a huge round of applause. No, that was laughter. Uh, Maybe it's that you think that I'm the best bow hunter in the world. Or maybe it's just that you enjoy the show and you want to give me a standing ovation. Big round of applause. Okay, I'm having a little bit of fun. I got got this machine here with some buttons on it. That's just what I wanted to play with. But (laughs) that is one of the new features. But what the biggest new feature is being able to leave us a voicemail. And we actually got our very first voicemail from one of our members, from a longtime member of Michigan Bowhunters. Now, this is all just foreshadowing. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you what the message is or what it's about. But what I wanted to do was just tell you that that is an option. If you, you know, if you're, if you finished listening to one of our episodes and you just, you have a thought about the topic or, or a suggestion or anything like that, right inside the app there on your phone on Spotify, you can just click the button to leave us, leave us a voicemail. It comes directly to me. And um, and maybe what you leave us, we'll talk about on the show. And that's what's going to happen this week, actually. Uh, but anyway, you guys are going to get to hear the voicemail a little bit later. So that's about all the housekeeping I have, except for one more thing. Uh, I am going to talk about did Joe Biden defund archery? We're going to break that down <laughs> in the first segment. Uh, but I also want to ask you something that's very, very important. Uh, I need... You, if you're listening to this right now, to leave a review for the show. You can leave a review with any of the podcast apps that you're currently listening to the show on, whether it's iTunes, which is the Apple product, or Spotify, which is on any other platform, or Google, or iHeartRadio, or or Stitcher, or there's just, there's literally, we publish this podcast to about 30 different providers. So whatever podcast provider you are currently listening to is what I want you to leave a review. And generally, the way the reviews work is it's one or two sentences with a star rating. So if you'd be so inclined to give us five stars, I would thank you very, very much for doing so. Uh, (laughs) Five stars is always great. So, uh, again, um, you can always leave us a voicemail. 
please, please, please leave us a review. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode where we get ready to talk, did Joe Biden defund archery? We'll be right back after this quick uh, message from our sponsors, and we're going to break down this week's segment. Here at the Michigan Bowhunters Association, we have quite a few businesses and organizations that have stepped up and helped us out over the years. The first I'd like to tell you about is the Lost Nation Archery, where traditional archery means personal service. Lost Nation Archery can be reached at 1-888-800-7880. Again, that's 1-888-800-7880. Thank you, Lost Nation Archery, for always supporting the Michigan Bowhunters Association. back into this week's first segment the title segment of this week's show did joe biden defund archery i'm getting tired of saying the name did joe biden defund archery now i want to warn you i don't think it should be any real surprise to learn my particular uh political leanings but this doesn't really come into play i don't feel like it does with uh this topic um because i'm not super passionate about politics i'm super passionate passionate about archery about the outdoors about a few other things and generally my passions do fall to one side of the aisle versus the other however this is not in any way going to be a rant about the current president of the united states so if you are you know, not going to listen because you lean left or you lean right or you don't want to hear something political, I'd ask you just to hold on. Bear with me. Hear me out. Um, Let's talk about the facts in regards to what happened, whose fault it is, and what's going on. So if you're totally unfamiliar with what in the heck I'm talking about, a bill was passed by the the, uh, U.S. Congress, the Federal Congress, last year, um in D.C., not in Lansing, uh, that it was meant to address um, gun-related violence, and it it actually, like, unintentionally did actually defund archery and hunters' education programs in our schools across the country. So Congress passed this bill. It's called the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, so BSCA. So I'm going to call it the BSCA from now on. Um, I like the fact that it starts with BS and then CA, BSCA, BS California. Oh, I'm starting to speak political. We're not going to go BS California yet. But anyway, so they passed this bill uh, and it, it, it just amended the existing federal law that prohibits federal education funds to be used for things that aren't education based. So um, basically how it breaks down, let's say this is uh is when, when, when the federal government provides money to a school f- using the BSCA, that money can't be used to go buy chicken fingers for the cafeteria. It has to be used for educational reasons. So what they did with this new amendment to the bill is the federal education funds, um, they re they required or they uh, they denied any of it being used for training someone 
in the use of a dangerous weapon. So that that's the quote right there. So um, the bill amended existing federal law to prohibit federal education funds from being used for training someone, quote, in the use of a dangerous weapon, unquote. Now, you that makes kind of kind of a little bit of sense, right? We don't necessarily want to be training our kids how to use dangerous weapons against each other. But wait a minute, we're outdoorsmen. We use dangerous weapons all the time. So let's dig in a little bit now, a little bit more. So the, the Department of Education, the, the DOE, which is DOE, I like that, right? So the Department of Education uh, sent letters to state education officials saying that the Elementary and Secondary Education Act, the ESEA funds, which is basically the law that was amended, um, cannot be used for any programs involving weapons. So the, in, these funds are the primary source of federal aid from, for elementary and secondary educations. And according to the Department of Education, it's like $17.5 billion um, in the fiscal year last year. And this year, it's going to be like $18.3 billion that are sent out to schools through this bill. So that $18.3 billion in 2023 cannot be used for training or education regarding the use of dangerous weapons. So here's the problem. So um, this this one um, Department of Education official comes out and says, this is a quote, under the plain language uh, so before I break up this quote, I know I'm rambling, but plain language is something they use in politics a lot to say common sense. Uh, so under, the, I'm not saying it's common sense. I'm saying she said it was common sense, but she said under the plain language of the new prohibition on dangerous weapons, archery programs, hunting safety programs, and any other programs such as wilderness safety courses that provide or or provide training in the use of these items are technically dangerous weapons that may not be funded. Did you hear that? So the law says the law says that you can't use this money for training kids how to use dangerous weapons. They stretched that and said that you can't provide training or the training the use of any item you can't you here's what i'm trying to say sorry guys is because archery because there's an archery program or a hunter safety program that might talk about guns or might teach you how to use guns safely that those funds cannot be used. So basically what this did is it absolutely cut the legs off of the NASP, which is the National Archery in the Schools program. It cut the legs out of any school districts that are providing hunter safety education as part of their gym classes. It basically demolished the public school system for teaching any form of what we as Michigan Bowhunters members consider to be our way of life. Um, so organizations that help operate like archery programs in the schools have said the decisions will deprive children of an outlet that leads to better classroom engagement and mental well-being. We all know that. We all know 
how important <laughs> and how meaningful the use of archery has been. And in the NASP president, his name is Tommy Floyd. Um, he, he says that, you know, the parents and educators, they tell us about the many positive attributes that they see developing in their students, such as confidence and humility, the ability to handle pressure. Of course, their sportsmanship, dealing with success. And if you're shooting archery, you're dealing with failure and, and becoming part of a team. It is a team sport. All essential life skills are imparted through participating in the shooting sports. And this is Tommy Floyd, again, the NASP president. And he wrote this in a letter to the Department of Education secretary, who is a Biden you know, appointee to his... Um, his his uh, cabinet so that's uh miguel cardona so nasp if you're not familiar they operate in about nine thousand schools and they're in 49 states i'll give you a wild guess on what state they're not in <laughs> and over 21 million students have participated in the national archery in the schools program since like 2002 uh not only that they give out tons of scholarships like five million dollars worth of scholarships now Here's the thing. This uh, amendment to, to the already existing law was not meant at all to limit archery in the schools. It was not meant at all to limit hunter safety or education or wilderness survival. In fact, it's not even the conservatives who are pissed off about this because Democrats have reached out and said no. We approve this bill. Remember, remember the name of the bill. What was it? Um, bipartisan. That means both parties. Both parties. Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. The BSCA. The Democrats were even angry about this. Uh, we got a quote from a Democratic senator from Ohio that says, School hunting and archery programs are of an important part of many Ohioans' education and teach students how to be responsible hunters, gun owners, and archers. This came from Sherrod Brown, who's a Democrat from Ohio. And who did he tell that to? Fox News. That means a Democrat from Ohio felt so outraged that his students were being deprived of the life lesson important training of the outdoors education programs that he went on Fox News of all places. You know, he, he said this, I quote him, these are exactly the types of programs the administration should be investing in, not cutting support to. <sighs> hunter education courses. Hunter education. What do we learn in hunter's education? We 90% of hunter's education is safety. These become ineligible to receive any ESEA funding. These courses, they're offered in 38 states and over in, in the schools. 38 states have hunters education as part of their school education. Defunded. 600,000 students have graduated nationally from the basic hunter ed program. And this is according to the International Hunter Education Association. So what happened? Well, here's what happened. The critics are saying the Department of Education is misinterpreting the law. They, the Congress has come out and said, we passed a law. Now, Congress doesn't enforce laws. They just pass them. So Congress 
passed the law and the Department of Education then now is interpreting it poorly. In fact, Mark Olivia of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, he accused Secretary of Education Cardova of, quote, wildly misinterpreting the law to appease special interest anti-hunting and anti-gun groups. Yeah, I think he's pretty right on about that. Senator John Corrin of Texas and Tom Thrills of North Carolina both sent letters to Cardona, the education secretary, echoing the statement. Both senators co-authored the BSCA, the original bill. And they said, the, the guys that wrote the damn bill, sorry, I'm getting passionate. The guys that wrote the darn bill reached out and they said it was not their intention to eliminate federal funding for archery programs or hunter education. And I quote, we were alarmed to learn recently that the Department of Education has misinterpreted the BCSA to require the defunding of certain longstanding educational and enrichment programs. The senators say in the letter review that such an interpretation contradicts congressional intent and the text of the BCSA. The senators say the portion of the law that is in... So how did this happen? What were the senators talking about is, is, is a question you may be asking. The senators say that the portion of the law in question was meant only to defund programs that armed and trained school resource officers, SROs. Now wait, are you saying that a, a Republican from Texas and a Republican from North Carolina wrote a bill to defund the police? Hold on. We'll get into that in just a minute. The funding for SROs and other school hardening measures. So school hardening measures are things like um, um, metal detectors. That would be a, a good uh, security cameras, stuff like that. Um, lockdown points. Uh, so the funding for SROs and other school hardening me measures was located in parts of the bill. So, and again, using the BCSA as a pretext to shift the critical education and enrichment resources away from archery and hunter education classes was never the intent of the law. And that's coming directly from the people that not only wrote the law, but the bipartisan, again, that's Republicans and Democrats, the bipartisan <laughs> people who passed the thing. So, all right. Congress has reached out and said, hey, Department of Education, you've got it all wrong. You need to reinstall funding to these programs. Uh, the guys that wrote the bill have said, hey, you guys have got it all wrong. Democrats, Republicans have all reached out to the Secretary of Education, who was appointed by Biden, and said, you're doing this wrong. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. This is not the law we pass. Stop. Despite these clarifications, the Department of Education is moving forward with its interpretation. Yeah. See, the bill does not ban archery hunters ed programs in schools, and it does not prohibit the use of other funds to operate these programs. So you could do a bake sale to benefit your archery team, or you could do fundraisers to raise money for hunters education. But it, it so it restricts the funds that the schools can use from being used to provide any person a dangerous weapon or training in the use of a dangerous weapon. Oh, what the heck? What is a dangerous weapon? Actually, the statute 
the statute that they it, it defines a dangerous weapon is it's a weapon is a device instrument material or substance animate or inanimate that is used for or is readily capable of causing death or serious bodily injury except such term does not include a pocket knife with the blade of two and a half inches or length hmm why would they have the pocket knife thing in? Oh, maybe because the Boy Scouts. <laughs> I don't know that to be true. That might just be my conspiracy theory. But anyway, let's let's talk about let's talk about them defunding the police and the schools real quick. They're not. They're not defunding the police and the schools. The okay. So if you know anything about me, you know I work in law enforcement. You know I work in law enforcement in an educational setting. All right, I may know what I'm talking about on this. They're not defunding the police or the school resource officers or the safety of our kids in the schools. They're saying they're just reinforce what the bill is meant to do is reinforce that that money for SROs for school hardening should be should come from a different source. They're not saying it's important. They're, they're just saying that the educational funds are meant to be used for education. The educational funds, for example, cannot build you a new football field. The educational funds cannot buy football equipment. It can buy books. The educational funds, therefore, should not be used to buy metal detectors. Not should not be used to buy or train police officers, even if they're going to be working directly in the schools as SROs do. Here's the thing. SRO funding is everywhere. It's not hard to find. The Department of Homeland Security has uh, special grants in funding. Schools, um, police stations themselves, um, municipalities, uh, they get funding from that for the federal government. So what was happening is some of the schools were kind of double dipping on this. And what I mean by that is the local police department was getting funding to have an SRO. So let's just use flat numbers because they're easy to use. So let's say they had a $100,000 budget for two SROs. So they get $100,000 that's coming from the federal government that goes to the police station that the police station is um, supposed to hire, you know, and, and use that $100,000 to protect the kids by providing SROs. Well, the schools were also using some money of their own educational funds to, you know, um, help the city out or, or stuff, you know, just they were double dipping. Okay, the schools and you say, Oh, is it Bill, can you consider it double dipping if, you know, it's all for the protection of the kids? It has a negative context, but you know you still you still have a budget at the end of the day, and you still have responsibilities, and you still have to track where uh, all the taxpayer money is spent, right? So um, it's not like the hundred thousand dollars was coming from the police, and a hundred thousand dollars was coming from the school, and you're they were getting two hundred thousand dollars worth of value. No, they were still operating at that hundred thousand dollar level, and therefore using the educational funds for other things that, that shouldn't be should only be focused on actual education i hope that makes sense so funds for education are not funds for protection 
I guess that's a good way of saying it. Um, protection funds are available from other resources. You have slush funds, you have bonds, you have building funds. So you, you know, you have bonds and building funds and slush funds. They can, they can be used to improve entrances and X-ways to buy better glass for the windows, to install security cameras and, and things like that. So the BCSA, is it a big deal in regards to school resource officer funding? I don't actually think it is. I wouldn't even say I actually even disagree with it. Um, sure, it'd be great to have extra money, but that's taxpayer money. And that taxpayer money can be used to benefit the kids more than in the educational sense than it could be used for protecting them because they're going to be protected either way. So if you're sitting there, and, and you're probably not, because if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, well, let's get archery out of the schools. Let's, you know, let's, let's get the hunter's education. That's, that's meant for home or, you know, we want to teach them. We don't want them learning about stuff like that in school. Let's just approach archery real quick as a sport. And that's what I want to do is let's just report it as a sport. And let's talk about the safety of archery. So I actually have a list here and this is, um, this is over the last, eight years of data that's been recorded. And I'm going to read the list of, um, of injuries per 1000 athletes. Okay. Injuries per 1000 athletes. And this goes from middle school all the way through college. That's what ages we're talking about here. So, um, basketball, and this is an order, by the way, basketball, football, soccer, cheerleading, softball, baseball, gymnastics, volleyball, skateboarding, martial arts, golf, fishing, tennis, archery, bowling, badminton, table tennis. So archery, so you got, you got table tennis, badminton, bowling. Or, archery is the fourth safest sport <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. And they're worried about, you know, talking about dangerous weapons and all it annoys me. In I actually have the number here. So uh archery per one thousand athletes averages seventy-eight injuries a year. Seventy-eight out of a thousand kids get hurt. They don't tell you what the hurt is. They literally do not tell you what the hurt is. I can tell you this, there's no there's no deaths related to it. I, I've you ever taught a kid how to shoot? I guarantee you they slap the inside of their left arm. That's an injury. It has to be reported to the school. So, you know, it, it's stuff like that. Kids are not out there getting shot in NASP. Kids are not out there getting shot in trap shooting or the, or the shotgun shooting sports. It's very safe. It's taught by highly trained coaches. And it's just a shame that the Department of Education right now has bowed down, has flat out bowed down to anti-hunting groups. And this, this clown of a Secretary of Education that we have right now, Michael Cardoza, <sighs> a Biden and pointy. So let's, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> I did a whole lot of teaching. I did a little bit of preaching. We're going to wrap this up. And here's what I'm going to say about it. The title of this segment was, Did Joe Biden Defund 
archery. No, he didn't. Let's give blame and credit where it's due. Um, a couple senators, one from Texas, one from North Carolina, co-wrote the bill. It had bipartisan uh, um, support. It's on them for not seeing what was going to happen. It's on them for not writing a bill that was more specific. It's not them for quickly writing or, or trying to pass uh, new legislation to you know get this taken care of. I believe currently as it sits that's what they're doing they're trying to amend the bill even further to reestablish funding so i think in the end it's all going to work out joe biden probably doesn't even know about this <laughs> let's be honest this could be so far under his scope of responsibility this is why you have a cabinet as a president. This is why you say, hey, you take care of education. You take care of transportation. You take care of defense and blah, 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 all the 13 cabinet positions. But he might not even know about this. So while it's fun to say Joe or to say Biden defunded archery, he didn't. This isn't his decision. Now, of course, he could have vetoed the bill, right? But my guess, and this is just a guess, I haven't talked to the president about this. Hey, Joe, if you want to come on the show, I mean, by all means, be happy to have you on the show. Uh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> Joe Biden and Ted Nugent back to back. Uh, sorry, I got off track. <laughs> but um, I'm guessing when he signed the bill into law, he didn't foresee this being an issue either. I don't think Biden signed this going, this is going to get rid of archery and hunting and hunter's education and wildlife skills. Now I can finally get it out of the school and get the kids learning about what they need to learn about. Like, yeah, I'm not going to go there. But um, no, Biden did defund this. He could fix it. But I think our senators are going to get on it. Because again, this was both sides of the aisle came out and said, no, 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 this is not what we meant for it to happen. I'm sure there's plenty of senators who love the fact that these programs have been defunded in the schools. Now, um, but that being said, I wasn't able to find any statistics on if any of these programs actually like cease to exist, if they if they shut down the program because of funding, or if they if the schools funded them with other monies, or if the if the parents stepped up and just paid a little bit extra to have you know, a season or they did bake sales or comedy shows or, you know, sold pizza kits. I don't know. I wasn't able to find any good information on schools actually shutting down these programs, but it had to have happened, right? It had to have. It just makes total sense. So anyway, that's going to wrap it up. Did Joe Biden defund archery? No, he didn't. I will say this though. His Secretary of Education absolutely did. This episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Association podcast is brought to you by the Great Northern Bowhunting Company. They design and build every bow with you in mind. And with respect for a long and noble hunter-gatherer lineage we are all connected to. They build hunting bows, and their bows are designed to make you the very best bow hunter you can be. 
For more information on the Great Northern Bow Hunting Company, check out their website, gnbco.com. That's the Great Northern Bow Company, gnbco.com. All right, and we are back for this week's final segment. And earlier in the show, before I went on my Biden rant, um, I had mentioned the fact that you are able now via the Spotify app to leave us a voicemail. And these voicemails can be questions or comments or concerns or rants or raves and, and all that type of stuff. And we actually got our first um, voicemail the other day. And it was such a good idea and such a good voicemail that uh, I wanted to go ahead and play it for you and then discuss the question that the member had. And Ted's been a member of Michigan Bowhunters for a long time. So uh, take it away, Ted. And by way, what I mean by take it away, Ted, is I'm going to play the voicemail real quick. Hi, Ted Sarna here, longtime member of Michigan Bowhunters. I wondered if you could place on your podcast the best way of asking for permission to bow hunt on a farmer's property. Thank you. Love the podcast. All right. So Ted asked the best way for asking a asking permission to access or hunt on a farmer's property. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about what I do and what's worked for me over the years. However, this is kind of going to be a little bit of a two-part answer because the second part's going to be in the in the next podcast that I do because I'm going to have a guest come on that does quite a bit of out-of-state hunting. And um in in I I can't I have no experience in going out of state, going on a road trip and then trying to find property to hunt just by knocking on doors and asking. But I can tell you I've had pretty uh good luck here in Michigan. And when I say that is it's a numbers game. You're going to hear no a lot more than you hear yes. So I'm just going to tell you what I've done and what works out for me. I actually have a letter. I print out about 50 of these at a time. I keep them in a little folder so that they're not, they're not creased. They look nice. And the, the letter, um, the letter just, you know, it, it adds a little bit of social proof. And when I deliver these letters, when I go knock on the door, when I talk to these people, I'm not in camouflage. My car is clean. I generally will be in business casual clothes. You know, I'm not saying I'm wearing a suit and a tie, but, you know, a nice pair of, you know, it could be jeans and, and maybe a flannel or even like khakis and a polo shirt. And that goes a long way. Okay. So knocking on these doors and and I introduce myself and I give them this letter. And if they're not home, I leave the letter there. I'm going to go ahead and read the letter. Now, let me tell you this. On the letter has a picture of me with my wife, my two kids when they were a little bit younger, it's a little bit older picture, and we're there with Mickey Mouse. Nothing to do with hunting. It has nothing to do with hunting at all. And I'll tell you why. We have said so many times on this show when it comes to political leanings and stuff that there's people that support hunting. There's people, there's a small percentage of people that support hunting. There's a small percentage of people that hate hunting. And there's this giant percentage of people in the middle. So I'm not 
trying to get permission from someone that's already pro hunting, because if they're already super pro hunting, they're probably already hunting their land. There's a good chance when I'm getting permission from these people that own these, these farms or pieces of property that they fall in the middle, that they're apathetic towards hunting. So I need to give, I need to give them no reasons not to like me other than I'm knocking out their door. Right? So the letter says, hello, local property owner. My name is Bill Hoffman. I'm reaching out to you today in hopes that you will assist my wife and I in feeding our young but growing family via permission, via the permission of responsibly hunting on your property. They hit him in the hit him in the heartstrings over there. Tell him I'm feeding my young family. Of course, they know that because they see a picture right there with Mickey Mouse. I am a husband and father of two with a decade plus long career in law enforcement. Tell them a little bit about myself. Yeah, if they're if they're anti law enforcement, probably don't want to be friends with them anyway. As an ordained minister, well, we're hitting them again, telling them who I am. I thank you for considering this request. My phone number is, and then I list my phone number. Then to go down a little bit, it says my pledge to you to obey state and federal hunting and safety laws of regulations. To abide by any rules or regulations you set forth for your property. Now, that's super important. If they want you to park in a certain place, if they want you to make sure the gate's closed, if they want you to stay out of a certain section of beans or crops or fields or or anything they want. I have one lady that just wants me to make sure my headlights are turned off when I pull into the driveway so that my lights are not shining in her house. To never use alcohol or tobacco while on your property. To leave your property in better condition than when I arrived. That's very true. Every time I hunt, I'm picking up crap off the road. I'm, I'm picking up, you know, garbage. A lot of times it'll be like balloons that fly, that land on their property. I'm always hauling stuff out. To serve as a gatekeeper and report any poaching or trespassing as you wish. To share with you any wild game that I am blessed to harvest from your land if you so wish. To provide you with vehicle descriptions and license plate numbers of my personal vehicles. And to assist you with any projects that you may need a hand with. So I think this is all common sense. And this is all things that you've heard other guys talk about. But I actually put it in writing. Because you might get there and you tell people, oh yeah, I'll help you you know, paint the fence or bail some hay or fix your water heater or, you know, whatever you, whatever you need. And it's just empty promises. Also, you might forget to mention something. You might forget to mention that you won't use alcohol, alcohol or tobacco while you're on their property. And they really dig that, but you forgot to mention it. You don't have to worry about it if you put in the letter. So then it says what I am requesting. Permission to use your land for recreational and ethical hunting and trapping. And then it says conclusion. I would like to thank you for taking the time to consider this request and look forward to a long partnership that is mutually beneficial. Well, how in the world are you going to help them in all the... What's in it for them? Okay? And they might say that. So what's in it for them is... You know, obviously, if they are a farmer, <laughs> you're helping kill the things that eat their crops. But uh, also what's in there for them, we got to talk up what we're going to do, the cleanup that we're going to do, any special projects they may need help with. If you can point at a project, that really helps. If you can see a fence that's down that says, hey, 
if I fix that fence, you know, or, or, oh, I noticed your gutters are awful full of leaves. Would you mind if me and my boys came over and cleaned your gutters one Saturday in exchange for, you know, being able to hunt out here? Point it out. Get it done. Kill them with kindness. So, it says, in, in conclusion, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to consider this request and look forward to a long partnership that's mutually beneficial. And I understand that allowing strangers onto your property might be an apprehensive thought. However, I am sure that after meeting with me, you will not view us as strangers at all, but as friends. Everyone in the world could use more friends. And I got to be honest, everyone in the world could, could use more friends. <laughs> everyone in the world could use more friends like me. I'm a good friend. So uh, basically, this letter, it doesn't get me a yes every time. In fact, this letter has gotten me no one year. And then the next year, they still had the dang thing. And they called me. They called me. You know, and said, hey, you have permission to come out and hunt. Why did they call me? Well, you know, we just, we hit it off good. And then they already had someone hunting the property. Or they had, you know, oh, my 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 niece's boyfriend hunts it. Well, the niece's boyfriend's a jackass. And he he's baiting and doing all kinds of illegal stuff and not respect. And he drives through the yard and leaves a bunch of ruts in it. Stuff like that happens, right? All the time. Or, you know, so... This letter. So, if you had just knocked on the door, asked for permission, they said no, and you left, you got nothing. This letter is such an important tool in regards to um, get, get gaining permission. Not only is it is it a good tool, it's it somewhat serves as a contract because if you mess up and you don't do one of these things that you say you're going to do on the letter, they can point to the letter. They'll just point the letter and be like, hey, you didn't uphold your end of our agreement. You're gone. I'm okay with that. I think it's a great tool. So I'm not going to rant anymore on, on this because uh, my guest next week, I'm hold, I'm holding back his name. <laughs> it's going to be a good one, though. Um, my guest next week, when, when he comes in, we're going to talk a lot about this. And honestly, we may still cover some of the things and talk about this letter. And um, in so my guest has had... Good luck getting permission to deer hunt, to goose hunt, to turkey hunt in states like uh, Michigan, Missouri, Nebraska. <laughs> so we're we're gonna um, we're really gonna break it down. So anyway, that's gonna wrap up this week's episode of the Michigan Bow Hunters Association podcast. There's so many thanks that I need to give. You guys have been absolutely amazing. Uh, there's there's something special about this group of people. I had a blast at the rendezvous, and uh, we signed up a lot of new members. I'll be reading their names here pretty soon. And uh, there's just, uh, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. It's the, it's the midpoint in August as I record this. You know, I haven't, I was up in Gaylord, which is about three hours north of where I live, and I saw some of them sugar maple trees starting to turn, starting to get a little yellow. And uh, one morning I woke up and it was like 60 degrees and I took a big whiff of that, that fall air and I was like, oh yeah, here we go. We're almost here. It's almost the greatest time of the year. Get outdoors. It's a wild place to be. We'll see you all next week. Mm -hmm.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Michigan Bowhunters Podcast. Please make sure to visit our website at www.michiganbowhunters.com to learn about becoming a member of the Michigan Bowhunters Association. Hunters Association.